0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Raise your hand if there was a part of any one of those people's stories that you resonate with, any of that sadness, any of that hurt, any of that brokenness. Um. We've been, you know, we we did that uh, drama and we filmed it over the winter, and I've seen it and heard it a lot. And for me, I think probably the the first girl's story is the one that that I um, feel the most. Um, when I was ten years old, I lost my mom to breast cancer, and my older sister, um, who's quite a bit older than me, moved into the house to, like, help take care of us. She had a terrible relationship with my dad. And they fought, like, all the time. And on my 12th birthday, my dad didn't do anything. And my sister was mad at him. So it's literally my birthday. And they're just, like, going at it. and I just couldn't take it anymore. So I went to my room, and I shut the door. I went to my closet, and I shut the door. Got as far away, put as many barriers between me and that as I could, and I just sat there and cried. I was mad at them because I felt like you guys were the adults here. I was mad at God. I, I blamed him for my family situation. I blamed him for my mother's death. We all experience this brokenness. We experience this sadness, this, we feel it like deep, deep inside of ourselves, like something is not right. The design that God created, his intention for humanity and for each one of us has been tampered with. We experience things in this life that he never wanted for us. It took me a long time before I came to an understanding uh, of where I'm at now. I told you guys already this week, I was older than every single one of you before I gave my life to the Lord. It took a long time. I was hurt for a long time. I had a lot of questions. I was looking in a lot of different places to cope with my pain, to heal from the brokenness that I was experiencing. And nothing was doing it, man. Helped for a little bit, felt good for a little bit, but then it would would fade away, and I just kept coming back to this, like, God, like, what is going on? Why is life so hard? Why does everything hurt so much? It took a long time before I felt like he came to me and he gave me the faith to believe against all odds, against all the brokenness and pain I had experienced in my life, all the pain I had inflicted on other people, all the pain, darkness I saw in the world. And he showed me that it was never his desire. It's not what he wants. What he wants is what he made in the very beginning. And when I was working on this message I'm not great with words, and so I just had to draw some pictures. I'm not the best artist, so bear with these elementary drawings. But it helps me. Maybe it will help you. When God created humanity, and he created the universe, everything was perfect. Everything. Our relationships with each other, people... The earth that God made in his image reflected the purpose he had designed them for and lived in perfect peace. No pain, no suffering, no brokenness, no evil. That is what he wants. That was his plan from the start. But because <laughs> he's good... Because he loves us, he introduced choice. If I made my son love me, if I made him hold my hand, if I made him maintain a relationship with me, I mean, I forced him to, under threat of, like, violence, would that be love? No. That's not love if there's no other option. So people talk about this idea of, you know, did God create evil? I don't know. But I do know that he loved us enough to give us a choice. If there wasn't even just the tiniest little bit of an option for us to choose anyone or anything besides him, that's not a genuine loving relationship. And so he put that in there. When he created everything, he created a way for humanity to to choose something other than him. It wasn't much. He filled the world with goodness and righteousness and beauty and wholeness. But because he loved us, he, he had to provide an option to choose anything else. Here's where a new character comes into the story. So far, we know about God who created all things, and we know about us who were made in his image, but there's a new character, new set of characters. The Bible calls them angels. And there's one angel specifically Is the first one of all God's creation to go against God. And this is very important for our understanding of viewing the brokenness in our world today because it starts here. Two of God's prophets, a man named Ezekiel and a man named Isaiah, um, were given this story from God about this angel who went against God for the very first time. It says, this is God talking to him. He says, you were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you, until the day he chose to go against God. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, almighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride, the opposite of what we talked about last night, humility. His heart was filled with pride because of his beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor, so I threw you to the ground and exposed you. And Isaiah says this, how you are fallen from heaven. This is the, the Hebrew word. It's translated in English as Lucifer. This is the angel's name. He's taken on many nicknames since this day. Satan, the devil, But his name is is Lucifer. It's the one God gave him. He says, you've been thrown to the earth, for you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. What was his sin? His sin was saying, I want to be like God. I know better than God. I'm going to take his job because I could do it better. It's the first time anything, anyone had gone against God. And, and where could he go? God cast him out of heaven. He couldn't get to God's people any faster. We've been talking about this all week. God's enemy, Lucifer, knows he can't touch God. He's too big. He's too powerful. And so he comes after us, the people God made in his own image, the people that God loves. And he came down full of hate for God and full of the desire to see these people that God loved and had put in a situation where they could thrive. And he just wanted to get in here and just mess it all up. And that's exactly what he did. He used his tricks. He lied. He deceived them. He twisted God's words, but nevertheless, they chose. Mankind chose to go against God, to follow this fallen angel into sin. And when they chose, they said, you know what? Maybe God isn't right. You you know what? Maybe I do know better than God. As much as it breaks God's heart, then, then the whole earth And the people themselves were filled with the sin. It invaded everything. Sin is a weapon of God's enemy used to hurt us. And God hates it. God hates sin because it hurts us. And this is an incredibly important distinction that I need you guys to understand God does not, now, never has, never will, hated us. I don't know what you've been told about who God is. I don't know what image you have created in your mind. An amalgamation of stories from TV and movies, maybe what you've read in the Bible, heard from friends and family podcast, a YouTube video, I don't know. But one thing I can tell you with 100% certainty is that God does not hate you. And the only reason he feels so strongly about the sin that is within us is because he sees how much it hurts us. When he created people, all the way back in the beginning, they were supposed to live forever. Without sin, there is no decay. There is no corruption. There is no destruction. But God's enemy, Lucifer, he wields sin like a weapon. And I told you guys this the other day. Jesus talks about Lucifer. He says he, what his only thing that he does is what he loves to do, to steal, to kill, to destroy. It's his entire purpose of his existence he's so mad at god that he's here and he just wants to mess us up and sometimes and i'm talking about me i'm gonna, i'm gonna stay out of your business i don't i don't know you like that i'm just going to talk about me sometimes I not only am hurt by sin, sometimes I take that weapon out of his hand, and I, I partner with him. Sometimes I choose sin. I choose to decide against God what is right or what is wrong for me. Now, what's a, what's a good God supposed to do? <laughs> With a world full of people that he loves dearly, steeped in sin. Hurting themselves, hurting each other. Well, because God loves us, he wants to destroy sin. He wants it gone. He never wanted it here in the first place. There's a problem. We talked about this verse last night. Paul says that. All of us have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. The problem with God destroying sin is that it's within each one of us. And even though we are not our sin, we, we have joined with it. We're not defined by what we do. It's not who we are, but it is within us. And there's, there's some good, too. It's the green stuff. It's, there's some good still in there, right? We can still be kind. We can still be helpful. But there's also a lot of sin in there as well. Paul says in Romans chapter 6 that the wage of sin is death. God created us to live forever. But we chose to follow Lucifer by sinning, and that sin leads ultimately to death. But thank God, that's not the end of that sentence, (laughs) it's not the end of that reality. Yes, sin is all around us. Yes, sin is within us. Yes, everything about what God designed has been negatively affected at best by sin. But that is not the end of the story. Paul writes that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you guys heard the word redemption before? You know, we might know what that means, redemption. Who wants to tell me what it means? Back here, Max. Okay. Ooh, ooh. Uh, redemption means uh like uh, forgive. Forgive? We're close, we're close. Anybody else over here? I'm gonna to i I'm just gonna sneak right through here. I'm so sorry. Just, excuse me. It's gonna I guess it's gonna take too long to go all the way around, you know. Okay. It means to like have a second chance to show your worth than what you showed the first time. Okay, so second chance, forgiveness, right? This idea of redemption. I think that it's about to show people that a second chance to show that you're sorry and you, so a second chance to change. Absolutely, second chance to change, forgiveness. This idea of redemption, the literal translation is to buy back, right? So like if I sold you this slide, how much would you pay for this? A quarter? I paid $25 for this. Fine, you can have it for a quarter. Okay, and then I'm like, oh, wait, actually, can I have that back? How how much are you going to charge me for it? It's got to be something. $20, I'll take it. Great. I, that was a terrible deal. I just lost a lot of money. But this was originally mine, and then it went away, and I had to buy it back. That's, that's what this word redemption is, and that's what God has done. He created the world, and everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be. And then, because of his enemy Lucifer, because of sin, all these things, the world got wildly off track, but because of Jesus, we can choose once again to get back on track. Not because we earned it, not because we deserve it, but because God loves us. He doesn't want to leave, want us to to be left here to suffer in this sin forever. Now, I know this is kind of. Heavy, it's kind of, um, it can be hard to talk about these things. But if, if we don't acknowledge the reality of things, we can't celebrate the goodness, right? The love of God is so good because it's rescuing us from something that's so bad. The power of God is so great because it's overcome so much evil, so much brokenness. So we can't sing these songs that, that we're singing about the goodness of God and the power and all these things if we don't stop to acknowledge what's it, what it is in contrast to. So I know that it is hard. And I really want to encourage you guys tonight in your small groups to, to dive into this. We're going we're to get to the good stuff tomorrow, but we really need to lean into to these truths and these realities. And listen, when I was your age, the way I looked at, like, the Bible and church and stuff, and I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. I was just like, oh, the rules. I had to wear certain clothes to church. I couldn't say certain words like butt or heck or crap or I would get spanked on my bottom, (laughs) right? And I was just like, oh, my gosh, the rules, right? But here I am, (laughs) 33 years old. Am I, okay, (laughs) hang on a second, this is not that old, okay, pause, (sighs) I never should have said it, I never should have said it, all right, everybody, let's bring it back, I have dedicated my life to telling young people about this God. Not because I love the rules. That was a joke for a skit. I don't love rules. I have a hard time with rules. He saved my life. I don't don't care what you wear. I don't care what words you use. I don't care what movies you go see, whatever. Screw it all. God loves you. And the sin that is within you is killing you and he wants you to live let let it all go all your preconceived notions about what it means and who he is and just say okay jesus show me come on in and show me who you are and he will because he designed you to know him He designed you to have a relationship with him, to live abundantly, to live eternally, not suffering, not in darkness. And there is a day coming. Scripture promises us, and this is a big part of it that I need you guys to understand. I'm not trying to convince you to follow Jesus. I'm not trying to talk you into it to give you all these facts and timelines and it is by faith that we are saved. I don't have all the answers. I don't have a lot of the answers. but what I do have is a life that was broken and hurting before Jesus and he has led me into a life full of peace and joy and hope that one day, as he tells us, sin will be no more. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. He will make all things wrong, right again. And we will get to live in that perfection that he designed us for, in the first place. I believe it. I've given my life to it. My prayer and your counselor's prayer for all of you is that you will too. So our big idea for tonight is this. Oh, I forgot I have the clicker. (laughs) Sin is a thing, okay? It's not who we are. It's not a part of us. It's a thing we do. It is within us. It is all around us. It hurts us and others and ultimately leads to death. But because God loves us, he wants to separate us from our sins so that we can experience the abundant eternal life he designed us to have. God, thank you so much for who you are. We thank you. They have not left us here in darkness and in pain um, to, to just try our best until we die, to make make good of a bad situation, no. You desire to you desire for each and every one of us is to return us. to your original design for our lives. God, I pray you would give us the courage to come face to face with the pain and the brokenness and the darkness within each one of us, to the sin we see in the world around us, God, help us to feel the weight of it. And also to know that you are strong enough and love us enough to lift that weight off. God, I remember my life before I knew you. And I just thank you for Rescuing me for your goodness to me, for your faithfulness to me. Thank you for loving me, when I wanted nothing to do with you. God, may we have the faith to believe that you are who you say you are, that you've done what you said you've done, and that you will do what you have promised us, you will do. We love you. We pray this things in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.